When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Boarding Party's D&D campaign. Featuring Bentley Woods. CJ. D. Blackwater. Milo Ruder and Phoebe Wilhelm. I'm Drew, the Game Master for the Laris region. In the late night hours before the gang parts ways, Dee looks into the past for answers about his vision from Wave. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, welcome back. It's boarding party. I'm joined today by, by Dee. Uh, Dee Blackwater, so he presumes. Um, when last we left our heroes, um, I left you guys in Greengate. Uh, and we'll we'll cover what everyone is doing as we as we get to it. But the plan for now, in case you missed the end of the last session, somehow, is the tots are gonna kind of go their own way for a couple weeks. There will be a few bits of overlap, but they all have things that they want to handle in different corners of the world. And what better time than the end of days to get your affairs in order? The first thing on on D's list is doing a little research into the family history. Following the uh, the interaction with Wave in your room, where it tried to literally drown you um, in your own home. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, very <laughs> good time. Very just ridiculous thing. Uh, but you have access to the manor for the whole day if you choose not to leave. Um, alternatively, you could spend time in Greengate. It's entirely your call. Yep. Um. So yeah, I don't know if I can do this because I know I stated that I was. For going my long rest to yeah. do so stuff. Yeah, so let's start off by having you roll a constitution saving throw. I promise I'm good at these. Yeah. I'm not. Though. I don't want you to fail, so please. Yeah, I failed. No! <laughs> With a five total. No! <laughs> okay, so you will be tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'll be tired for the day. We'll we'll deal with exhaustion when we have to. Mm-hmm. Highly unfortunate, but here we are. It is what it is. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you forewent your long rest being uh, largely uh, drowned and then stressed out of your gourd. Yes, sir. In your, in the comfort of your own room. Yeah, um, with that being said, would I be able to get a head start on the day, I guess? Absolutely, yeah, by, by necessity. Okay. Because we left, uh, we left things open-ended for you. You just, you drowned and then night happened. So if you want to <laughs> handle anything in the night, I, you can do that. Yeah, because um, I know I was uh, kind of working on the schematics for like those metal gauntlet bracers yeah. with like the chain on it. Mm-hmm. After kind of finishing all that stuff up, I'll kind of lay it all out. I'll have Neek come down and begin kind of doing his own sketches to see to where he can put his own little little flavors, his little touches on things. Yeah, a Neek original. Yeah, Neek yeah. Uh, certified little handprint certified fresh um but i'll kind of just open that little hole in the wall where i kind of put wave in yeah and i'll get my little snorlax beanbag chair and kind of just sit in front of it for a while yeah and just sit ponder and just kind of i just need to i need to figure this out okay hit the books and so deal kind of get up He'll leave his room. Mm-hmm. He's going to attempt to get into Ridgemont's vault. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so as we stated, and I, I brought special attention to it just in case something like this came up, mm-hmm. the uh, the veil between Ridgemont Manor, Wilhelm Manor, and like the normal world is quite thin at the moment. So I can so get into his manor? Presumably. Yeah. 
I'm you always have access to his sort of like treasure vault, that room of stuff, and mm-hmm. you can borrow things from it mm-hmm. in the sense that he's like, your kids, and it can't leave here anyway. Worst case scenario, you get yourselves murdered, but you have you have God juice. You'll just come back one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So he's not particularly worried about you going in there, okay. uh, but there will be like, there are like little Pontiard guards. Yeah. But there are extra doors in Wilhelm Manor right now. Oh, interesting. In the sense that like things aren't where they're supposed to be. Weird. Yeah. Um, Things are getting squirrely out there. I'm going to try to find the door to his manor. Okay. Yeah, let's let's do an investigation check. Okay. Dude, I'm rolling hot. Not really. Eight total. Nine total, excuse me. Um, So it's not so much that you struggle to find a door that would get you into Wilhelm Manor. Um, it's, It's more a case of like which one to choose. There's a lot of sort of nondescript doors. Some of them look a little ominous. They're just like solid iron. They almost look like old school, like prison doors. There's just a whole variety of them, and they pop up in the weirdest places. Mm-hmm. There's uh, the most notable one to a certain tot who's not here would be a wooden door that is kind of this like dark cherry wood at the back of the greenhouse right next to the water. That sort of body of water that rests where all of the sort of grass and water types have been hanging out for oh so very long. There is that, yet again, a mysterious cherry wood door. Eh, what's the worst that can happen? I'll go in through it. Okay. <laughs> you know what? By by pure happenstance, you, uh, you swing wide the door to a very poorly lit library. Oh. That is, in fact, a subset of Ridgemont Manor. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to start just kind of walking. How how big, it, like, what does this place look like? Like, how big it's is it? It's kind of like uh, the end of, I think it's uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they walk in and there's just the Costco warehouse oh, yeah. of boxes, <laughs> uh, but with bookshelves okay. that are all lined with, like, blank books until you start to look at them, and then titles, like, <laughs> populate on them. Mm-hmm. So it seems as though you're in a place that... It's like a room of requirement for books. Oh, cool. A reading rainbow room of requirement. Is there any ponyards or bisharp in here? There are, yes. there's. There are ponyards every probably like two bookcases. No bisharps from what you can see so far. Okay. But the ponyards are more of like little stewards and butlers and stuff to sort of help you with what you need. Bisharps are more muscle. Okay. They're like, you're not supposed to be here. But the ponyards regard you. They're like, sir... Hey, question for you. Yes. Um, I'm looking for any sort of history or knowledge that Ridgemont would have on the Blackwater family name, hmm. along with anybody with, like, O'Hara. Uh, first name is... Do you remember? Koresh. Koresh. Because I know it's it's spelled... It like, is, yeah, it is a weird. it is a old Persian name yeah. pronounced as they would have and yeah, not yeah, in the yeah. Americanized way, so it's Correct. fine. So, yeah, Koresh, it's O'Hara. to trip you up. Is there a boy? It's Grover. Hello, Grover. Um, yes, sir. Very good, sir. So what he's going to do is he's going to assist you okay. in an investigation check. Perfect. Um, and you're going to have advantage. Uh, we're going to ignore exhaustion for that because basically you're helping him look. Mm-hmm. You're saying, I'm looking for this thing. Yeah. But it's more fun if you get to roll because your bonus is way higher than his. Ah. There we go. Modified 20. Very good. So the, uh, the squirrely little fella, he will find you... Um, a book called The Port Authority and The Golden Age of Piracy. Sorry, The End of the Golden Age of Piracy. It's a it's a subtitle. Port Authority and what? The Port Authority and The End of the Golden Age of Piracy. He will find you a book uh, entitled Here There Be Monsters, a retelling of the infamous disappearance of William H. Thorpe by his contemporaries. Very long titles of these old books. What was that monster one again? Sorry. Here there be monsters. And then the subtitle is a retelling of the infamous disappearance of William H. Thorpe by his contemporaries. Okay. And then uh, they find, he finds you like uh, newspapers, like just a big stack of old newspapers. It's a whole bunch of stuff. And there's a sort of like... You know the like Doctor Strange style book they got like the little lock around it. Yeah, he'll he'll find you one of those too. Oh, but he's interesting. Like, for when you've read everything else, this should 
tie it all together nicely. And then he just kind of stands there holding it. You can put it down. You don't have to be here. Unless you want to. I don't mind the company. It is my duty to uh, stay. Okay. I, I must. Okay. <laughs> um, I will start, let's start, I'll start with the newspaper clippings, because that's probably easier to thumb through super quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you flick through a whole bunch of newspaper clippings. They're mm -hmm. all, like, super faded, but due to the magical nature of this place, they don't, like, turn to ash Dust. in your hands. <laughs> um, you find one that dates approximately 20-ish years prior to present day. Mm -hmm. Um, that mentions a, an old historic galleon by the name of the Red Prince. And it was acquired by a man named Cyrus Blackwater who happened to be in possession of two other galleon-style vessels. Mm -hmm. It goes on to explain that Blackwater is like a known history buff in Port Thalo. He's fascinated by like the past, the history of just sort of naval escapades. He's a big fan of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and he's also, at the time of purchase and why he was able to acquire it, because um, it would have been like a, a historic relic, his, his whole shtick was reclaiming and refitting ancient ships, basically preserving them. It would be like uh, keeping, a, keeping a famous boat in dry dock, almost like if the Queen Mary were a galleon. Mm -hmm. Keeping it refitted. You get a little bit of Ship of Theseus vibes. If you replace the parts of the ship enough, which one is real? But that's that's kind of his whole shtick. Um, he was in possession of two vessels, one known as the Act of Grace and the other as the Torment. Those are the names of the ships? Yes, those are the two ships that he had. Um, but in a rare twist for the sort of mysterious Cyrus Blackwater, he sold the Red Prince after refitting it with some modern comforts. Is what the newspaper says, but it was it was purchased shortly after its refitting by Arlecchino Freight. Ah. Uh. And then, as you're flicking through like a couple other newspaper clippings, you do find mention from Port Thalo uh, that the son of Cyrus Blackwater, a man named Craig, and the freight overseer of Arlecchino Freight Company, landed himself the job as the honorary captain and custodian of the Red Prince. So he's basically like a historical naval officer as far as the people of Portela were concerned at the time. Yeah. Because at the time, nobody knew what was going on. But that, as you're kind of like flicking through newspapers, there's a whole bunch of things that like, there's, there's pages with like recipes and stuff and you're like, ah... I don't. I don't need this stuff. I need that. I need that good. Good. I'm looking for like the Blackwater name. Yeah. Um. And a couple at a couple points in history, that name has come up. Um. But all of a lot of it's kind of twenty twenty-ish years ago, mostly hearsay. The biggest name was Cyrus Blackwater, and he had his name legally changed. So there's no way of knowing who he was before. But fun. Yes. <sighs> so that's what the newspaper clippings will get you. Okay. Yeah. But I'm really glad you found a way to get newspaper clippings. Because <laughs> I was like... Um, I will leave the Here There Be Monsters for last, so I'll do the yeah. Port Authority and the End of the Golden Age of Piracy. Very good. Um, yeah, I'm not going to make you roll to read these, because I'm assuming, depending on how long you want to spend to read it, yeah, what's your, your is, intelligence modifier is like five, right? Like uh, four or five? It's a three. Three? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say you can read like three pages a minute. Okay. And none of these are super long books, but they'll take you couple like hours. a couple hours to, yeah, yeah. to buzz through. But um, the you have three pages a minute. Yeah, you're <laughs> like you're reading fast. Yeah, high intelligence. I I equate to be a strong reading comprehension. High intelligence and wisdom, baby. Yeah. So the uh, the Port Authority and the End of the Golden Age of Piracy is a book that you are vaguely familiar with, in that it's there's a copy of it in your home. Now that oh. you like see it, you're like, hey, I know this book. If you ever bothered to like stop and look at it, be like, "Oh, neat, yeah. cool," but not ever knowing what your dad did, there was never a reason to kind of flick through it. Yeah. Um, but you you flick through the chapters of the Port Authority, and the, it does explain that Port Thalo, quite similar to our own world, does have a Port Authority whose entire job was basically the Dutch East India Trading Company. They made sure everything got where it was supposed to go. They had protectorate ships that would sail around, and they hated piracy. 
They absolutely despised it. And it there are there are a number of chapters that talk about the sort of the reputation of the Red Prince and how it's it was well known and well documented as a vessel that left few survivors and pretty horribly scarred and maimed the people that it left behind. Um, and that that ship sailed under the banner of the name Blackwater for a good long while. Mm-hmm. Um, however, as you're kind of reading through this this copy of the book, um, there are annotations that are kind of like written in the margins in some sort of ink by someone who may have thought it was important um, that the captain, and it's crossed out in the book. There's a there's a name there that resembles Blackwater, but it's been inked over, um, and it and it points down and it says Koresh O'Hara, um, and it says Koresh O'Hara was um, he sailed the waters off the southern coast of the Laris region aboard the Red Prince for several months before meeting his demise at the wrong end of a hangman's noose. He was tried and executed by the Port Authority, um, and and hanged as a pirate alongside his crew. But there's an annotation below that note with a page number that I will leave up to you if you skip ahead or if you would read towards that thing. Um, what is the annotation? Uh, it's, it literally just says, like, page number. Oh, yeah. It's like, all... like Blackwater's crossed out. Koresh O'Hare is written in the, in the margins, and then it's, like, 40 pages further ahead. Yeah, can I bookmark still this page, but I'll kind of flip yeah. over to that other one? Absolutely. So as you kind of like, you skip through and you and you cut ahead. Um, Koresh O'Hara is the sort of dead name of a a pirate captain who officially went by the name of Koresh Blackwater. Um, and Koresh Blackwater was known for being that sort of ruthless, very cutthroat, bloodthirsty pirate. And before he took that name. He was a nobody. He was he was he was like first mate on the ship, but nobody respected him. He didn't have any backbone because they respected the actual captain of that vessel, mm-hmm. uh, whose name was Perseus Blackwater. Um, but there was a there was a mutiny and a coup, largely led by Koresh O'Hara, who felt that they could make more money if they were a bit more ruthless. And he was right. Um, so after the presumed death by drowning of Perseus Blackwater. In order to maintain the reputation that the vessel had, O'Hara took the Blackwater name, which had been given to him for his... The ship's reputation was that it would, it would swoop in, find a merchant vessel, and the water left behind when the Red Prince sailed away would run black with tar and blood and gunpowder. Hence the name Blackwater. So what you're gathering as you're kind of reading through this is Blackwater is not a family name. It's kind of like being the Dread Pirate Roberts. Okay. There is always one. Yeah. So Blackwater is the title that was bestowed upon Perseus Blackwater by his contemporaries. So instead of being called Blackbeard, he would have been Blackwater. Mm, So that was his title at the time. Um, But that annotation that you skip ahead to kind of points out who Koresh O'Hara would have been Mm -hmm. and says, yeah, Koresh O'Hara was actually Koresh Blackwater first mate of, of Perseus who killed his captain in in a in a coup. Is there a picture of this Koresh O'Hara? Uh, there's a sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not the best sketch. Um, it, it looks vaguely like the, the fella from the from vision the with Perseus, but like his nose is huge and he's got like a big mustache. Yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, this is totally the guy. Like, absolutely. Like, you know, so you know when you see like a sketch drawing? Yeah. And you can tell like color of hair and everything like that would it yeah. look like somebody that would resemble my dad in a crude like if my dad had scurvy in a way and probably not let's, 250 pounds in solid a, muscle yeah give me an insight check okay let's see because you've got to you have to dissect what your yeah. dad would look like based on your memories of him a vision that you saw of a guy like 300 years ago and a sketch so we'll see okay difficult but not impossible 13 13 yeah Again, difficult, but not impossible. Yeah. But uh, you're like, yeah, maybe. Okay. There's a, there's not as much of a similarity between like your your dad's features and this sketch, mm-hmm. 
or even this sketch and the guy that you saw, mm -hmm. but the sketch is supposed to be of the guy that you saw. Okay. So it's kind of getting muddled over the years, because the sketch would be from somebody who had had him described. So it'd be like if you took a sketch artist and tried to describe somebody. And then question. Yes. Uh, we use the scrying orb, right? And it's uh, like, Phoebe, Phoebe did, yeah. So it's like four or five days until There's we can use four, it? Four more days so you can use it. Uh, I'm going to look at the uh, my little poniard assistant. Yes. Uh, yes. Question, does... Ridgemont's not here, is he? Here, no, but here, yes. Okay. He's unavailable, I'm assuming? And largely, I'd imagine if you were to fill out the proper forms and, and time. beseech um, him he might grace you with his presence does he have anything that I can use that kind of can show me a memory of the past that's not that scrying orb or was that the only thing oh that is not the only scrying orb I suppose I can file a request with the archives division sure if we can... yeah if you wanna yes I will I will get back to you in 6 to 12 hours okay and, and he just kind of scuttles away, but he's holding the book with the chain on it. Okay, and he's walking away? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to kind of get up a little bit, and I'm going to walk over, see if I can find a thing to his vault. <gasps> okay, you just sneak in. Yeah. Yeah, uh, give me a... Because I don't think you ever found the vault, so no. we're going to have to do an investigation check. Okay. To see if you can find it. It was kind of described to you very hurriedly in the past. 25. 25? Did you crit? <laughs> no. Oh my god. <laughs> you uh, you sneak to the edge of the library and you're like, and you peek around the corner and there's two B-sharps that are kind of just standing in front of a large like arched doorway with no door. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's got it. It's got to be it. It's it's like bougie AF, man. Yeah. It's like black obsidian tile, gold pillars, red carpet rolling in. You're like, that's it for sure. And you even see like a couple little Pontiards bringing like a glass case just in there. And it's got like jewels. Okay. And you're like, um, something tells me the vault is here. I'm going to tap on the side yeah. of my belt and I'm going to release Cooper. Okay. And I'm going to go, Cooper, I need a favor from you, buddy. Be quiet real quick. Can you go towards the end of the library? I need you to make as much noise as possible. Have fun. <laughs> What? Yeah, I'm gonna have him just go absolutely bonkers. Yeah, he uh, he flubbers off the walls and the ceiling mm -hmm. and just psh, 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 knocks over a lamp. It's like psh. hoping that this is gonna bring the bishop yeah. away. And the Pontiards are like, "Oh no, 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 stop, <laughs> stop!" And you see one of them just kind of tap to the side, and there's this like really loud resonant sound, mm -hmm. like very high pitched. And you see one of the B sharps just goes <laughs> and kind of heads off in your direction yeah, towards and, the library. And I'll kind of just wait for them. Or him or them to pass, mm -hmm. and then I'll just okay, <laughs> just sneak on in. Yeah, give me a give me a stealth check. Oh, These guys not super observant. Yeah, their their helmets do block a lot of peripheral vision. It's ten. Ten. Yeah. The gods favor you today. <laughs> the gods. The bishop kind of turns. Here's something. You like your sneaker squeaks on the floor, and you're like. And it kind of turns and looks in your direction, but that helmet just barely blocks you. You're lucky, man. You got a nine. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> nice. So you manage to just, oh, and you sneak in, and you see the two Pontiards notice you and just go, sir. And they just kind of carry stuff. <laughs> Look for a doorknob or anything. It's it's just like a big open. Oh, it's room. A, oh it's an open room. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's no. Yeah, door. when they when when they and I have to have mentioned a vault, it does imply that it would be locked away. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Richmond's got nothing to hide. Nobody can come in here without him knowing. Mm -hmm. And he he knows when the tater tots are fooling yeah. around. So he's yeah. like, oh, God, one of them's in there, whatever. Yeah, he's okay. like, just don't let him break anything. It's fine. But you're in. And you see the ponyards are like, sir. Huh. And just keep hauling stuff around. Well, Cooper will have a good time, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Cooper's <laughs> just going off. Yeah, you, like uh, Cooper's in there. He's bouncing off the walls. And the bishop is like, halt. Whoop. Please cease your jumping. <laughs> and then they just they just imagine like a little a little like rubber padded box. He goes, doo, 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 doo. Oh no, buddy. And they just kinda <laughs> sit him in there and he's just having a blast. Okay. At least um, for now. Yeah, I'm gonna go in and look for any sort of again, D not being of, ma of magical nature. Yeah. He's gonna look for something that would look like the scrying orb that Phoebe has. Sure. Um I will allow uh any of a uh, couple checks. You can 
you can like perceive, you can investigate, you can tap into that weird, magical, archaic nature that is Arcana. Um, if you want to see if anything just kind of makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up, or I'm gonna start with investigation. Okay. Being as these, like I'm gonna, I use my eyes, my brain first, and yeah. then everything else comes later. Very good. So he'll start with an investigation. Very good. Natural twenty. Oh <laughs> my god! For twenty-seven, baby. As you step into the vault, you're like, I'm ready. Your eyes kick on. They're ready to go. Um, you do see a very large, like, crystalline glass-like surface of a pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and to Dee's more scientific mind, it looks and smells a bit like mercury. But there is just a massive pool of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And as you kind of, like, look over and sort of approach, uh, you see it kind of starts to, like, warble in your presence. Okay. Um, is there like a plaque or anything that says what this is? Nope. Oh, fun. There's just a mysterious not, silver he, puddle. He's not a, he doesn't keep notes and stuff on what um, these things not are? On, not on something like this. Okay. Uh, but as you, like, if you get any closer and you start to think of anything, it just kind of... Okay. Pool just warbles. Um, then I will be thinking of um, Koresh O'Hara mm-hmm. and his lineage. I would like to see... If possible, anything from him going forward. Okay. Uh, you see in the in the warbling of the of the silver pool, um, a little a little tiny like recreation of Portelo. And then like a, a nice little tiny recreation of like the ocean. Okay. And then a little <laughs> tiny recreation of like the boat. But it's all being like puppeteered by your thoughts in this little mercury pool. Mm-hmm. And you see a ship that even, like, inscribed on the side, it's like, the Red Prince. Like, super tiny, very <laughs> nice handwriting. Um, and it, it looks like sculpted metal, but it's just, it's all liquid as it's going. Um, and you see as it's kind of sailing along, it, it kind of highlights one dude for you. There's, like, a little spotlight points over, and you can see him. Um, and it's, it's a similar moment to your vision, because that would probably be... What would pop into mind when you think of Koresh O'Hara? Mm-hmm. Um, you see a, a dude steering a ship, and then the waves start to get just insane. Gnarly. And the the sort of mirror pool surface becomes translucent, and you can see down deep. And you see a little figure just kind of drifting downwards under the seas, and this large swirling mass around it. Um, and as that swirling mass is going, the, like the waves are getting insane um and then it like time kind of skips ahead a little bit all of that fades away and every time the red prince sails it's met by just the worst storms it's 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 now just everywhere it goes the wall the water's just this it's going up and down like crazy Uh, but you still see that same guy kind of sailing on there and eventually he runs headlong into a massive, like, Spanish man-of-war-sized ship. Um, it's it's the equivalent of, like, two of the Red Prince. Oh. And you see O'Hara's little dude, like, spinning the wheel as hard as he can in the, in the glass pool. And as that ship comes aside to, to ready the broadside cannons, the Spanish man-of-war just unloads on him. And the like, the masts are cracking. There's wood. There's little like metal wood splinters flying off. A couple of little guys go and dive into the glass pool. It's it's a whole thing. Um, and eventually, you see a, a flag come down and another one get raised up, and it's a white flag. Um, as the as the crew of this massive vessel kind of drops a um, like a gangplank so that they can head across. You see your the little the little lit up O'Hara is just kind of sitting there, hands raised. Um, and he gets down to his knees as like an admiral steps across. And as he approaches O'Hara, O'Hara like like lightning draws a blade, just decapitates the guy, and then they're they're back in like a full on war. Because O'Hara knows you can't beat that ship head on. Yeah, you gotta it's fight impossible. Dirty. Yeah, yeah, and I need to <clears throat> grab. Because there's, it's further down here. The name of that ship written on the side is the HMS Torment. Oh, like the 
Yeah, like oh. the same one from your from your uh, newspaper clippings. Oh, HMS. Yeah. Format. Yeah, and the uh, the in your it's a magical pool, whatever. Uh, yeah. There's a there's like a little readout on there, and it's like uh, formerly it says uh, captain by the Marquis de Gar, mm -hmm. and then it says formerly once he says little heads <laughs> decapitated. Um, and what basically what you'll see in the over the course of like a couple seconds as it's kind of replaying a little bit of history for you is the crew of the Red Prince was outnumbered like six to one. But all those guys have to cross the gangplank to get over. So they're just funneling. Yeah. Yeah. So they just, they let them in. They killed all but about 30. Um, the the crew of this ship uh, once was host to about 117 souls. Uh, by the time they were done with it, it was host to about 30. Um, the The crew of the Red Prince then effectively commandeered their uniforms, towed the Red Prince back to Port Thalo under the guise of being the Marquis de Gar, who no one in Port Thalo knew, mm -hmm. and hanged the former captain of the Torment, or not the former captain, as... but the, the former crew as Koresh O'Hara. <laughs> so Koresh O'Hara's crew never died. They stole the Torment and left the Red Prince in Port Thalo to dock. So you see O'Hara in the golden age of piracy towards its end, saw a way out and took it, mm -hmm. and effectively turned to privateering with a Spanish man-of-war-sized ship. Um, the official specs, if you were to kind of <laughs> zoom and enhance, because yeah. um, it may come in, uh, into play later, it runs at a length of 137 feet, has a crew of 117, hosts 124 guns, 56 to each broadside, 4 to the bow, and 8 to the stern. Uh, it fires 32-pound cannonballs at a range of 300 feet. This thing could rip any contemporary vessel to a billion pieces with a thought. Yeah. And O'Hara managed to steal it through subterfuge. Making him effectively one of the greatest pirates ever known, but nobody no, But nobody knew because yeah. they just thought it was the Admiral mm -hmm. sailing in. Oh, yes, of course. I have, I have found all these Ooh, pirates. Rest assured, I cut the tongue of the crew out so that nobody will be talking back to you. Nobody will waste their time gabbering in their heathen lingo. Um, with that being said and with that happening and seeing kind of like that vision yeah. come to an end, uh, he kind of like goes, holy hell. Um... And then he's going to think of, like, I wonder where this tor where torment, where the HMS torment is. Now. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, on the on the tiny little body of the decapitated Marquis de Gar, mm -hmm. there was a little tiny, like, metal pendant that the vision kind of shows as, as O'Hara picks it up and pins to his lapel. Um, you see there's, like, this little pulse of, like, green light mm -hmm. um, as he pins that uh, medallion upon himself. Um, the The Red Prince is kind of left behind if we if we focus on the torment. Mm -hmm. um, the Red Prince, as far as we know for now, stayed in Portelo and got repairs and went on to do something because it still exists. Yeah. So it's out there somewhere. But the torment would go off to sort of sail the seas privateering, taking out other pirate vessels in the name of, of Her Majesty the Queen of the Laris region, as opposed to stealing from her. So the... Torment sails for years and years and years. Like, that thing is the most intimidating vessel. A huge part of why piracy died is no ship could stand up to this thing. Nobody could handle it. Until um, a, few, a few years go by in this little vision of yours. And eventually you see the Red Prince kind of come sailing back out onto the sea to meet this sort of... Um, this big man of war. And at its helm is Perseus Blackwater, a man that everybody knew was dead. Uh -oh. They knew he was dead. Mm -hmm. And as he sails up, the sea rises behind him, and the Red Prince is now just kind of like very quickly being propelled towards a ship that it has no chance of defeating until you see a massive six-headed serpent larger than life emerge and begin tearing into the sides of the torment. And you see... Koresh O'Hara, still with that little pendant on, 
shrieking orders to his men, this little tiny metal man, as blast after blast is fired from this massive serpent. Masts are splintering, everything's cracking down. And in a beautiful twist of fate, Perseus Blackwater, the man who refuses to drown, points a hand out towards that entire crew of 117, and you watch as each and every one of them lash themselves to the mast before scuttling the ship as the torment sinks. Now, it's an important note. Based on seeing the torment sink way out at sea, Whoever this other Blackwater is that says, Oh, I own the Torment. It's a different ship. It would have to be. But you get the truth when you go to Ridgemont Manor. I'm so glad you were like, I'm going to go to the vault. (laughs) (laughs) So the Torment managed to sink along with its uh, 117 crew. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's there's a brief mention um, of like missing in the archives. It's a, a treasure that Ridgemont is after. Is... The family crest of the Marquis de Gar. Lost to the ocean with 117 souls when the torment sank to the depths. Um, D will kind of stand up and uh, kind of, I, I guess in a way, shell-shocked. Like, yeah, it's a lot to see. Like know. a little tiny, like ant-sized little metal <laughs> men. <laughs> it's like night at the museum. They're like, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Um, it's great. But looking at this Perseus Blackwater, that yeah. is the man that came out of Wave. Yep. Okay. That is the man that came out of Wave. Okay. Um, and it's worth noting, when when Koresh O'Hara effectively is, is murdered as Captain of the Torment, mm-hmm. that Blackwater highlight shifts back to Perseus. Interesting. And then just a, you, we don't have to kind of go through it, but yeah. is th- within that kind of downtime, was there ever a thing where Koresh had a family or a thing with somebody at some point to extend this family lineage? In that specific thing where we follow the ship? No. Okay. You could try. You could dig deep, but in the in terms of following where the, the galleon itself ended up, you didn't. it never shows, like if it goes into port, O'Hara just goes into, like, mainland. Okay. And then when he comes back, it's... Gotcha. He's out. Um, yeah, let's... I want to do that. Just, uh, like, a quick thing. Like, show me his time. Like, I'd like to see any uh, personal time that would extend family lineage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dance around when We're my great-papa had uh, yeah. coitus. Yeah, so um, anyway. after... After concentrating for a moment, you're like, okay, like ancestry, like where does this go? Yeah. O'Hara has no children. I'm going to get up frustrated. Like now I don't know like what yeah. the hell's going on. Um, you see him walk around. He sails under many names. Mm-hmm. Um, he sails, uh, he's, he sailed for a while on a ship known as the Antelope. Um, under the alias of Darwin Cragthorn, um, which is just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and he, he, before stealing the Torment, he had attempted to basically like apply for the Act of Grace. He, he had tried to say, I will sail for the monarchy, but the Blackwater reputation backfired on him. And they go, no, you're ruthless and cutthroat, and you will be hanged. So instead, he basically cut a deal and set sail again. Yeah. Okay. He snuck out of there. But he has... Yeah, he has no he has no heirs. Yeah, he's gonna get up and just being like, "So what? Lie after lie? At first my friends, and now this ethereal being that comes out of a freaking fork." Yeah, you turn around and walk out. Just okay. like ah, <laughs> you walk out of there, and the the little the little ponyards are putting down like a giant crown, and they're like, "Sir." As, you're like, <clears throat> as you as you go to walk out, uh, the the bishop at the the door just hears you huffing out and just goes, "Sir," <laughs> and he's and you hear him go. <laughs> he's like, "Jeez, man, uh, just work." Here. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I'm gonna go grab Cooper. Okay. Yeah, you go back in there. There's a bishop, and he's like. Please calm down. Will you calm down for like a cookie? And Cooper's just whoop. And I'm just... <laughs> yeah. 
I'll just time it right. And the bishop just goes, thank you. And just just walks out. He's like, he's like, I don't know what Ridgemont sees in these kids. I don't get it. I'll return Cooper to the ball. Okay. Cooper piles back in the ball. Um, I'll put the port authority and everything aside, seeing yeah. that as I probably got most out of it out of that vision pool. Sure. And then I will go and look at the here there be monsters now, seeing that giant six-headed serpent. Perfect. Yeah. Um, here there be monsters. A retelling of the infamous disappearance of William H. Thorpe by his contemporaries. William H. Thorpe, um, notable captain of the Red Prince for a solid amount of time. Um, his, his reign was quite short-lived. He did not last long. Um, and you, what you're gathering based on the timing window, this is little ways before... It's sort of during the time where O'Hara is attempting to apply for the Act of Grace and therefore cannot be pirating. Mm -hmm. uh, William H. Thorpe is listed as the captain during that time. So he has okay. the Red Prince for a couple weeks. Uh, but for whatever reason, dude gets a whole book written about him. But what his, uh, what his surviving crewmates say, and it basically gets passed down as the reason that they draw monsters on maps out in the ocean... Um, is he he contends to with their they all do rather to the to their dying breaths that the red prince had come under fire from a sea serpent longer than the ocean angrier than sin and out for revenge and that it came upon them one foggy night and that Thorpe himself was thrown into the sea the only casualty of this encounter um, thrown into the sea never seen again but the members of his crew that continued to sail after that night swear they see him in the night when the moon casts shadows in the fog. And then the Red Prince would be basically shunted into a dry dock for well over a century until technology advanced to the point that a galleon was no longer necessary. So he's a... So what this book is saying is that he's a ghost or he is this creature now? Um, or it's hard to say. The latter. The, the, <laughs> the, all of the tales from the crew vary. Everyone has their own idea. They're like, oh, I swear I saw him drown. And then another one's like, no, he didn't drown. He strangled the beast and rode it. But let's do, based on things that you've heard, things that you've learned, and where you are. Yeah. Let's <clears throat> do a history check for an era that D. Blackwater was not alive for. Just see where that goes. 21. 21. Very good. Um, William H. Thorpe. Mm-hmm is he goes missing a couple days before history gets real whack. Okay. Specifically, he goes missing at around the date readout that that Mercury pool shows you. Uh-huh. It's like a day before Perseus Blackwater takes the torment. And sinks it. So, like, he goes missing a day later. Perseus then is now captain of the ship and then is just out. Yep. Okay. So what <laughs> you're able to a little bit piece together, I'll make it a little bit less ambiguous because I've given you a lot of timelines with no specific dates. Yeah. <laughs> day later, hold on. Yeah. Percy. Because a lot of this is muddied. Most of it is hearsay. But that mercury pool is at least... Dead on accurate as far as you're able to tell. Yeah. So your timeline effectively is Koresh O'Hara, now Koresh Blackwater, applies for the Act of Grace. Okay. The monarchy tells him, absolutely not, no way. Okay. We're not doing this. Mm -hmm. So he basically sells the Red Prince to a guy named William H. Thorpe, who's like, I'm looking to be a pirate captain. Yes, of course, I'll do this. Yes, very good. While that's going on, Koresh basically stows away back on the Red Prince and is like, okay, I can't stay here. So why don't you captain and I'll captain and I'll be here. But I'm, he's like, I'm looking for uh, someone to show it's it's Blackbeard to Steed Bonnet yeah. to make it as easy as possible. So they sail out. <clears throat> O'Hara wants the torment. He doesn't care about anything else. He wants the torment. So he convinces Thorpe, let's go take the torment. And Thorpe goes, there's no way we can't take that thing. And he goes, I got a plan. Cut two, he arrives at the torment, beheads the captain, okay. 
he takes that ship. Yes. He leaves Thorpe with the Red Prince. They kind of tow it back in, get it repaired, get the crew of the Torment hanged. Thorpe remains in control of the Red Prince for a couple days. They go, they kind of part. They go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. You now have O'Hara, who's under the name of Darwin Cragthorn, is now sailing for the Queen on the Torment, doing what it has always been doing, because he just wanted to retire. He's like, I'm in too deep. At some point, somebody's going to kill me. And he's known for a while, it is hideously bad luck to be the guy that leads the mutiny. It's bad luck. It's a bad look, because then all of your crew are thinking about it, so all he's thinking about is which one of you is going to betray me next. So he takes the torment, sails out to sea as far away from here as he can get, far away from the prince, because he knows, he goes, that ship's cursed. We killed the captain. There's no way this ends well. Thorpe has no idea what what O'Hara did. Mm -hmm. So Thorpe takes the red prince out, Helps him take the torment. They go their separate ways. Undertow and Perseus Blackwater, in a desperate need for a crew and a way to stop the end of the world, they go track down the Red Prince, kill who they have to, and take the crew back, forming the Oceaneers. Mm, okay. Thorpe is not among the Oceaneers. He doesn't survive <clears throat> the journey. Yeah. Undertow has many siblings. Mm. So when Thorpe is thrown overboard and never seen again, but his crew swears they see him every night, they probably do. Mm -hmm. That Okay, I thought so. Didn't want to make that a leap. Yep. Okay. But I figured I'd give you a little bit of a lineup. Pieces are... Yes. So Perseus Blackwater takes the Red Prince. Okay. A week, couple, couple days, as far as you can tell, before whatever happens, happened. And there is a notable loss of history. The end of the golden age of piracy, for you right now, rather inconveniently, coincides directly with a massive detonation of energy and the inhospitability of the Laris region for about 200 years. Yeah. Where it was just completely hostile territory, which, as Perseus Blackwater would know, yeah, we nuked a bunch of source stones and literally blew ourselves out of time. Mm Mm-hmm. So ends these sort of historical records as they are, which is why you've got about a 200-year gap where there is no black water. Yeah. There isn't one. And then suddenly a guy with weird historical knowledge shows up and goes, I am Cyrus Blackwater, not knowing how to say the name. Yeah, I, I have the torment. Absolutely, I do. For sure. And now you've got Ridgemont looking for the sort of pendant of the Marquis de Gar. And so on that pendant... Uh-huh. Um, there are there are a few notes, mm-hmm. because you're in Ridgemont's Manor, you get his notes on things, because he's, he's had a lot of time to read and muse on the histories and magics of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the Marquis de Gar, and more specifically the crew of the Torment, are in fact heavily cursed. They're exceptionally... They're, they're, they're very dead. Yeah. Um, but they can be sort of roused to service who, by whoever is holding the family crest of the Marquis de Gar. <sighs> it's time, baby. Yes. And there's <laughs> a, there is a little, there's an annotation in there uh, with a, just a few notes kind of scrabbled in. Um, it says, in the hands of a pirate lord, the sailors will take to the sea once more. Uh, in... Uh... And there's another little blurb right below that says cursed with a question mark, and then the question mark has been crossed out. In the the hands of a pirate lord, the crew will rise once more? The sailors will take to the sea once more. So there's definitely a reason that Ridgemont would want to keep this thing out of the wrong hands. Uh, more, more so in the case that he, much like the sort of Guardians of the Galaxy collector, my yeah. Benicio Del Toro's, mm-hmm. um, there are certain things that the world's not ready for and will never be ready for, and they need to be sort of locked away in a magical vault, like a mercury pool that can show you any point in, in history. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing for someone to have, because if they can think it, they can show you it and... Oh, yeah. Money is information is power, not money. But so, in the hands of a pirate lord, the sailors will take to the sea once more, 
and then right below is written cursed. So Ridgemont seems to know, at least in some small way, the wearer of this sort of pendant is cursed to forever sail the seas on the Drowned Torment. Hi, it be Davy Jones. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, it's it's closer to... While we're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, because <laughs> the songs are playing. Um, it's closer to... Uh, what was it? Salazar? Yeah, Salazar. The, the, yeah. Ghost, the Ghost Boys? Mm-hmm. Much closer to those. Cool. Um, so to remove a little bit of ambiguity, if you can find that thing, um, you can tie your life force to it, give the crew life, and then you're stuck with them. Yeah. You are part of the crew forever. Eternally. Part of, ship, part of the crew. Yep. And if uh, if you fall as captain or someone takes over, you just join the crew. And you go from living relatively well on an undead ghost ship to being just a little skeleton that runs the rigging. And you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> it is me, <laughs> the pirate man. Uh, there's another book I forgot to tell you. Um that's with you, but one of one of them would have probably explained the family crest of the Marquis de Gar, and I'm just going to say that that's where you got some of these notes. Okay. Um, it's in the book called Relics Lost to the Seas, because that was literally like part of the point of giving you all these books. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a collection of, of sailors' tales of treasure, bounty, and the rage of the sea. Um, but yeah, that's there's like an annotation when it's talking about the torment, and it's like, hey, go to this book, this page, and you're like... And then now we're caught up. Okay. Because some of that information came from a different book. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of push all those books and kind of just... Kind of just take it all in. Yeah. Like, I guess I'm ready for the crazy chained up one, buddy. Very good, sir. As you wish. And he'll come back. It's been like hours. You've been walking around, like flipping through books, looking at a mercury puddle. You're like... What is this? <laughs> what is this? Okay. So, to remove all ambiguity, <laughs> you open this sort of metal, chained up, horrible looking book. And as it opens, pages are empty for a moment as they start to kind of fill in in front of you. It has answers to your questions. It says, Dear D, the man you're looking for, Koresh O'Hara, was officially executed as a pirate alongside most of his crew, and the Red Prince was officially requisitioned as a privateering vessel by order of the monarchy. Of course, if you were actually there, you would know that O'Hara died the same night he took the prince from Perseus Blackwater. Blackwater is no mere family name. It is a title bestowed upon the most fearsome captain by their contemporaries. Perseus Blackwater earned his name through his deeds, as in his wake the waters ran black with tar and blood from his plunder. Reputations tend to outlive those they precede, and with the supposed death of Perseus at the hands of his first mate, the Blackwater name should have passed into memory. But as Koresh O'Hara was no fool, he saw an opportunity to use his predecessor's reputation to rise to greater heights. As such, Koresh O'Hara, a name given to an unfortunate prisoner aboard the Red, Port, uh, the Red Prince, did indeed hang by order of the Port Authority, alongside 30 other poor souls who had recently been pressed out of service aboard the scuttled vessel of the Antelope. came to be that an eager Koresh O'Hara, now under the alias of Darwin Cragthorn, fell into possession of the Red Prince following the Act of Grace proclamation from the monarchy. A newly repaired Red Prince was... Ah, was handed back to the man who had taken it and set other men to hang for, and Captain Cragthorn set about sailing the seas once more this time in service to the monarchy. His temper would get the better of him, and his time was short, but not so short as to prevent him from passing the trade down to his son, a man born under the alias of Koresh Blackwater. Darwin Cragthorn would face the sea's justice when Perseus Blackwater united the power of the seas under a single cause, and wielded wave, destroying the firstborn alongside his allies and my friends, Elmar Gregory, Yevar Gallet, Pollen Watkins, and myself. The shockwave sent a wall of water large enough to drown each of the poor souls aboard the prince and to launch the vessel through space and time, depositing it by the will of fates into the hands of a group known as the Privateers at a port named Thalo. Destiny placed the Red Prince directly in the path of a Blackwater once more, the true descendant of Perseus Blackwater. You are, in fact, a Blackwater, just one from another time. 
Wave has seen the deeds of its previous wielder, Perseus, and carries a fragment of him with it insofar as it refuses to allow one it would see as craven as Koresh O'Hara to wield his powers. And then there's a little note. You must have really pissed that thing off. <laughs> and I'm saying it says from Ridgemont. <laughs> yep. Um, but for everybody at home, yes, Lord Ridgemont is Rafasul. If that, if that hadn't come across already, yes. Fusel! Yes. Um, <clears throat> same, same dude, different timeline. I know, we played with time. You never do that, but we did. Okay. So to clear that up for you, Perseus Blackwater, everything that you saw mm-hmm. is from the original home timeline of the Red Prince. Yeah. That's that is Refusul's timeline. Yeah. That's why his pool shows you, yeah, this is what I lived through. Gotcha. Which well, is why your history contradicts heavily, but there's a lot of overlap. And then suddenly there's a dude named Blackwater who just washes up on the timescape and is like, Hey, <laughs> dish mine. I have a ship. <laughs> and they're like... We don't use those here. What are you, like, what are you doing? Like, why do you have that? Okay. So he fixes it up. So it's like... Realizes that world is gone and... So what, Perse- so what Perseus told me is, yeah. in a way, a fact from him, but it's not truly a fact? Yep. It's more of a, it's more of a feeling. Okay. So when he says, like, you have no right to have my name, mm-hmm. he's, he's pointing saying- at O'Hara mm-hmm. and being like, if you're going to stab somebody in the back when they're unarmed... That's like him. Yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. Yes, it got him very far. He was a very successful pirate for like a couple months. Yeah. And then he basically is, as Perseus would probably see it, he sold his soul to the monarchy and gave up the spirit of what he was supposed to do mm. in favor of safety and the the comforts of, of nobility. Nobility. Gotcha. How dare he? Okay. So I'm assuming that's like 12 hours of that is a ton of yeah. reading and research. Like, you are buzzing through, and you're already, like, exhausted. Yeah. As you're just reading these books, you're like, Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kind of... I'll pack... I'll put everything kind of up and together for the poniard, because I'm not an absolute animal. And I'll kind of push <laughs> over like, towards he him. He didn't even stack the books back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a foot tall. Do you know how long it's going? I have knife hands. How am I going to stack? Um, but I'll put everything back for him and, uh, the, you know, thank you. Appreciate all the helpfulness. Uh, you can take the books if you want. I can't take them outside, right? No, you can. These are real books. Like you can, oh, if you want can them. I? Yeah. Yes. I've filed the requisition forms for you to use the mercury pool about an hour after you used the mercury pool. Time is of the essence? Yes, the Lord said not to worry about it. And you didn't go insane, so that is good. Not many mortals, as he's like picking it up, (laughs) not many mortals can stomach two timelines at once. I just take the books and go, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I'll, I'll make my way back to my room. Okay. Yeah, Um, you, you step out of there and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I probably have like the world's worst migraine. Yeah. Um just downloaded a lot of information into your face. Um but I'll I'll head back to my room. I'll kind of tiptoe around to not disturb anybody else. Put the books on my desk and I'll open up the case where a wave is in. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take just one big old deep breath. I'm gonna place a hand on it. Mm-hmm. I understand where I messed up. I promise to do better and not be like the other ones that were before me, but to be better than them. Gotta give me one last chance, though. And then I'll just take one deep breath and I'll... Give me a persuasion <laughs> check. And I'll pull it off the wall. Give me a persuasion <laughs> check. Come on. It's a straight roll, too. Yeah, you got this. I believe in you. 14. 14, okay. That's good. As you're like, you gotta give me one more chance. The weight lessons uh-huh not entirely but it's still there. it's about twice as heavy as it should be so like four times as heavy yeah but you're like <laughs> okay sure but it doesn't sort of thrum like it normally does there's mm-hmm. no like latent power waiting it's just kind of in your hand mm-hmm. and then you feel a big meaty hand on your shoulders you kind of turn oh, around no <laughs> you see perseus blackwater so you've had your eyes opened yes 
Yes. <laughs> Perfect voice crack. Amazing. <sighs> You've had your eyes opened. Yeah. Right. Good. Then you know what this is to be used for and what it's not. I do now. Good. There will not be a third chance. Yes, sir. Hmm. Do that again and I'll sell you to the crew of the torment. Fair enough. Fair enough. He's like, hurts a lot more when you know what I'm talking about, doesn't it? It does. Right. On your feet. You better be a bit stronger for what's coming. Yeah. I face something in my time. Nothing like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, when they say, you know, 200 years of history is just completely wiped and stuff like that, I assume it's pretty big. Yeah. How my ship and my son ended up in this timeline, I may never know. None of this world is familiar. But, whatever. Magic weapons, all that. Who knows how this stuff works? Not me. Mm. Get some sleep. You're exhausted. I'm very tired. Thank you. And as, as he says that, the clock goes, oh, 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 it's like 7 a.m. <laughs> and you're like, no! Um, I was up through the whole day! <gasps> um, yeah. Because <sighs> Phoebe's already moved us, right? No. So you're in... That this was is, your this night is, before. Okay, this is the Green Gate. Yeah, but okay. I give you that time. So now you have a day in Green Gate if you want to. Um, I think I'm going to, um, I'm gonna reach out. I'll I'll spend a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I'll reach out to my dad. Yeah. Uh, via tablet. Okay. Let him know, like, hey, there's something that we have to go look for. I'll be there in a day or two. Oh. Yeah. More information to come, and you're not gonna believe it until you see it. And then, uh, very good. I'll uh, kind of rest, wave down on my bed, and uh, the first part of the day I'll finish off and I'll work with Neek. I want to create, uh, finish off those gauntlets. Okay. And the chain that runs from the gauntlet to. Yeah, give me some. Uh... Give me some decks. You can help Neek if you want, because you're exhausted now. Yes, Neek is going to take it, so I will give. Because you will now officially be exhausted. Yes, so I'll so give. So for Neek... anyone wondering why he didn't have disadvantage <laughs> through the night, it's because he he hadn't not slept yet. So but yeah. now I will give this. I'll give it to Neek okay. plus all of his bonuses. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, buddy. Um, oh no. Seventeen. Okay. Yeah, now that you're able to, like, actually hold it, um, if you were to try to throw it and retract it with the weight as it is now... There'd be no way. You'd be like... With my nine strength? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's gonna, it's just going to fall on the ground. Yeah. But um, you do manage to affix a chain to the back of it. Um, and even the chain where you're like, this is going to be way too heavy. As soon as you affix it, everything gets a little bit lighter. And you go, ooh. Ooh. Perfect. So you effectively have, like, a trident of returning. Yeah. So if you throw it like ten feet, it'll come back to you. Yeah, yeah, just to give me a little bit, little bit of range when and if I need it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'll finish that up because that'll take it, and then I'm actually going to, I'm a hunker down until the morning because D is done for. Okay. Yeah. Do you do uh, any more researching? Do you thumb through any more books? Um, Entirely your call. I would look through the... Uh, I would probably... It would be anything that had to do with, like, uh, the sea monsters that the book was referring to. Looking, okay. look, Probably just looking deeper into that until I just pass out. Okay. Uh, give me a... <laughs> let's, do, let's do an investigation check, but this one will be a disadvantage because you're sleepy. That's fine. Oh. Uh, that's 15. Okay, you're looking through, like you're you're skimming through the here there be monsters, and mm-hmm. every all the sailors' des- descriptions of the beast match in their own way. They're all described differently, but the the meat of the issue is the same. It's a massive, multi-headed sea serpent capable of breathing. Some say fire. Some say it, it launched acid that melted their sails. Some say it just controlled the seas itself. Um, and as you're reading. 
the your room's kind of like normally rocking, and then out the side of the porthole, you start to see like the same images that you saw in the mercury pool. As you're kind of just like, oh, uh, as you're like <laughs> you're drifting <laughs> off to sleep, and you just see out there, and then uh, you you see like one massive, just white, scaled head, and an eye kind of peer in as you kind of shake it off, and you, there's nothing there. You're like, I'm really tired. Oh I'll, no! I'll just I'll turn away <gasps> from the window. And yeah. I'll I'll, and I'll just grab a wave. Okay, you just hold a wave. You're like, hold me. I'm <laughs> scared. Kind of answer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll mm -hmm. I'll finish that off with my reading and then. All right. Off to tomorrow. Well, so ends these look into his family history. Well, well, well. Well, thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you in the next one of these. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Newly empowered by the knowledge of his family's history, D sets off towards Port Thalo. If you enjoyed this episode of Boarding Party, please consider leaving a like on the video to show your support. If you'd like to see more of the Tots and stay up to date on the Laris region, why not subscribe to the channel? If you'd like to help us out in other ways, you can follow the links in this video's description box to our Patreon. From there, you can join the discussions in our Discord server, or check out the post show, still rolling, get a recap of every session with myself and the crew. Let us know in the comments below what you thought about Dee's discoveries and what they might mean for his relationship with Wave. Thank you so much for watching. We'll catch you next week for Bentley's long-awaited Green Gate Gym attempt.